Thank you for watching NTD Business. Coming up tonight, the House passes the $1.7 trillion spending bill with just hours to spare, avoiding a partial government shutdown. Senator Rand Paul says nearly half a trillion dollars of taxpayer money were wasted this year. Of that, $3 million went into research on hamsters fighting on steroids. And ByteDance admits that two TikTok employees spied on two U.S. journalists. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us. Don Ma here. More flights canceled today because of winter weather during one of the busiest times of the year. Nearly 5,000 flights have been canceled today in the U.S. That's according to flight tracking site FlightAware. The most cancellations were at Seattle-Tacoma International, New York's LaGuardia, and in Chicago. New York's Buffalo-Niagara Airport had to shut down completely. The storm comes at a bad time for travelers who are trying to join family and friends for the holidays. Airlines have issued winter weather waivers, allowing passengers to rebook at no cost within a limited time period. And Americans may want to be extra patient with deliveries and packages this holiday season. The monster winter storm blasting much of the U.S. is causing delivery delays nationwide. FedEx issued a statement today saying its hubs in Indianapolis and Memphis suffered major disruptions. UPS announced a similar situation, saying services in some regions could be affected. The winter storm is also causing significant travel problems this week. Along with flights being canceled, miles of highways are also being shut down because of bad weather. The House today passed the $1.7 trillion spending bill just in time to avoid a partial government shutdown. The bill provides record military funding, sends emergency aid to Ukraine, and keeps federal agencies operating through September. House Republicans have criticized the price tag, saying there's a lot of wasteful spending that could stoke inflation. Here's House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. This is a monstrosity that is one of the most shameful acts I've ever seen in this body. The appropriations process has failed the American public, and there's no greater example of the nail in the coffin of the greatest failure of a one-party rule of the House, the Senate, and the presidency of this bill here. You controlled it all. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, on the other hand, spoke in favor of the bill, arguing that the January 6 capital breach was worse than this spending bill. Fox reports the bill has over 7,000 earmarks, in other words, funding for local projects. They include $200 million for a gender equity fund, millions for LGBTQ programs, and at least half a trillion for family planning in, quote, areas where population growth threatens biodiversity. Critics think it's an effort to reduce population growth. Now that both the House and Senate have passed the bill, it goes to President Biden to sign into law. Senator Rand Paul today released his annual report on wasteful government spending. It's called the Festivus Report, and it shows federal spending waste totaling nearly half a trillion dollars. So what makes up the nearly half a trillion dollars in wasteful spending? While the National Institutes of Health funded a $3 million annual research project to watch hamsters on steroids fight. I'm not joking, that's what the report says. There were $2.3 million spent on injecting beagle puppies with cocaine. Another $1.1 million were spent training mice to binge drink alcohol. And last but not least, 
$100,000 was spent on researching whether Thanos could snap his fingers while wearing the Infinity Gauntlet. Paul's Festivus report is inspired by an episode of the 90s sitcom Seinfeld. And now joining me to talk about the Festivus report is David Williams. He's the president of the Taxpayers Protection Alliance. So David, let me just ask you, uh, when you were looking through this report, what was your very first reaction? My first reaction was there is a lot of money that is being wasted, that is just being lost to waste, fraud, and abuse in this country, and the taxpayers are paying for this. And the other thing that really came to mind was, boy, there are a lot of different areas here, right? We have uh, these crazy research projects, hamsters fighting on steroids. But then you have buildings, uh, federal buildings, empty federal buildings that are costing $1.7 billion a year. Uh, so it's really a mix of a lot of different things. And you know, it's important to point out just where the money is being wasted so ultimately Congress can correct those problems. And, and do you feel like there, there's, there may be an element of greed in here uh, of these things being approved? There is absolutely an element of greed, and it happens at the agency level where they say, well, we have the money, so we might as well spend it. And I think it was Department of Defense where they had these uh, Starbucks uh, espresso machines, right? And someone at the agency level has to say, we don't need that. People can buy their own coffee. We don't have to have the espresso machines paid for by taxpayers. But it absolutely is greed. And they, and another problem is, is that it's not their money. It's always fun to spend somebody else's money. In this case, that's somebody else. That's the taxpayer. Right. You're absolutely right. Is, is there any accountability here? Zero accountability. And that's where it has to start, is that you see time and time again, Congress gets outraged by these examples, but nothing happens. It, it's a, it's a short-lived outrage. They move on to the next thing. And so that's why there needs to be more oversight. And you know, Senator Rand Paul is one member of Congress. We can't rely on one member of Congress to make these changes. Other members, other senators and, um, and House members need to join him. And this is not a partisan issue. This is not something that should divide Republicans and Democrats. Getting rid of wasteful and unnecessary spending should be bipartisan. And, and on that point, I, I would like to ask you about the $1.7 trillion uh, government spending bill. You know, one reason I, I believe the bill is so big is possibly this bargaining dynamic between the two parties. Would you say that it's fair to say that? Well, you hit the nail right on the head with that because the Republicans and Democrats are trying to get this through, and you know it will go through, right? I mean, we're it's going to happen. And the problem is that the Republicans say we need Democrats, so let's give them a few pork barrel earmarks. The Democrats say, okay, we need Republicans, let's give them a few pork barrel earmarks. Now, all of a sudden, the bill contains 7,500 of these earmarks, pork barrel earmarks, that total 17 billion dollars, and. They're ridiculous projects. $1.5 million to encourage people to eat outside in Pasadena, California. $500,000 for a skate park in Rhode Island. Now, one of the, the most bizarre ones is $1.6 million for the Patrick Leahy Center in Vermont. Now, Patrick Leahy is a sitting senator, and he is the one who requested this $1.6 million. There really has to be a rule or a law saying that if you're a sitting member of Congress, you cannot earmark a project that's named after you. That just seems like a huge conflict of interest. So how do we motivate lawmakers to, you know, stop spending? As I understand, this has been happening over multiple administrations. 
So that's the big question, isn't it? <laughs> is how do we stop this from happening in the future? And it's really more education and taxpayer education because the more we can educate people, you know, we have to expose them for this. You know, a number of years ago, Congress got rid of these earmarks because we embarrassed them. They were they were shamed into doing this. Members of Congress don't change because they want to. They change because they have to. And it really begins at the ballot box as people voting out the big spenders. I mean, you have one senator, uh, Richard Shelby, who's retiring, who is bringing home $600 million in pet projects. I mean, this is just absurd to think that one member of Congress was able to siphon $600 million back to his home state, you know, literally the day before he retired. All right, thank you very much, David. Pleasure. Thank you. The IRS today said it's delaying a controversial tax reporting rule. It's about making third parties report an individual's earnings if they're above a certain amount. To use an example, if you're a business owner and your customers pay you through PayPal, the old rule is only if you received more than $20,000 in a year would PayPal be required to send you a tax form. But under the new rule, that threshold would be $600. The rule doesn't change what income is taxable, just what payment information the IRS will receive. Besides, PayPal also covers various platforms, including eBay, Etsy, Venmo, and Airbnb. But now the IRS says the rule caused confusion and would be delayed by another year. The rule has also been criticized as a possible invasion of privacy. And on Wall Street, stocks ended higher today, but for the third week in a row, the S&P and Nasdaq fell. Meanwhile, the Dow gained 176 points, or half a percent. S&P rose 22 points, or six-tenths of a percent. The Nasdaq added 22 points, or two-tenths of a percent. Facebook owner Meta has agreed to pay $725 million to resolve a class action lawsuit. The suit accused the social media giant of allowing third parties to access users' personal information. In 2018, it was revealed that Facebook had allowed the British political consulting firm Cambridge Analytica to access data of as many as 87 million users. Lawyers for the plaintiffs called the proposed settlement the largest ever in a U.S. data privacy action, class action lawsuit. They added the figure is the most that Meta has ever had to pay to resolve a class action lawsuit. Meta did not admit wrongdoing as part of the settlement. In 2019, Facebook agreed to pay $5 billion to resolve a Federal Trade Commission probe into its privacy practices. After denying spying allegations in the past, TikTok's parent company now admits that two of its employees actually did spy on two journalists. NTD's Sean Marshall has more. ByteDance, the Chinese parent company of popular video app TikTok, said on Thursday that some employees improperly accessed the TikTok user data of two journalists. Emily Baker White, a former BuzzFeed reporter, and Christina Criddle, a Financial Times reporter. This is according to an email seen by Reuters. The ByteDance employees reportedly looked at IP addresses of journalists attempting to link the two women's locations to leaked information. Emily Baker White posted these comments on Twitter about the situation. In December, my colleague Ian Martin and I found that the Chinese government had made use of TikTok to distribute political messaging to U.S. users in an effort to swing the midterm elections. TikTok still doesn't label state media. And now, TikTok confirmed what it weekly tried to deny in October, that ByteDance targeted and tracked me and my colleagues to thwart our reporting. 
ByteDance declined to identify other affected TikTok users, but Forbes reports that two of its reporters were targeted, Catherine Schwab and Richard Neva, who are also former BuzzFeed reporters. Journalist Christina Criddle declined to do an interview, but Financial Times Chief of Communications and Marketing Officer Fanola McDonald issued the statement. Spying on reporters, interfering with their work, or intimidating their sources is completely unacceptable. We'll be investigating the story more fully, deciding our formal response. Sean Marshall, NTD News. At least 18 states have banned Chinese-owned video platform TikTok from governmental devices, and a growing number of universities are also blocking access to TikTok on school-owned devices or networks, including the University of Oklahoma and Auburn University in Alabama. The National Crime Prevention Council sent a letter Wednesday to Attorney General Merrick Garland. It's calling on the Justice Department to clamp down on social media's role in the, in the spread of fentanyl. The U.S. is dealing with its deadliest overdose crisis to date. Fentanyl in particular has largely been driving a spike in overdose deaths among teenagers. The group is especially concerned about the sale of fake pills laced with fentanyl on Snapchat. Dealers use Snapchat's encrypted technology and disappearing messages to sell the drugs. Overdose deaths hit a record last year, with an average of one death every five minutes. According to the CDC, deaths among teens ages 10 to 19 spiked 109% between 2019 and 2021. 84% of those deaths involved fentanyl. Tesla CEO Elon Musk says he will not sell any more Tesla stock until 2025. He cites an unstable economy and a looming 2023 recession as the reason. The billionaire previously made promises about not selling Tesla stock but ended up doing so anyways. He announced a $3.6 billion stock sale last week, taking his total to nearly $40 billion since late last year. Meanwhile, shareholders are concerned as the company's shares are at their lowest point in two years. Musk says the company is open to share buyback, depending on the scale of a recession. And the FBI is keeping silent on what other social media companies the federal agency gave money to. This after the FBI's payment to Twitter of almost $3.5 million was confirmed. NTD's Daniel Monahan has more. A Twitter employee wrote in a February 2020 email that the company's Safety Content in Law Enforcement, or SCALE, had collected nearly $3.5 million in less than two years from the FBI. The payments were reportedly for law enforcement-related projects. The email stated that SCALE had set up a reimbursement program in exchange for devoting staff hours to processing requests from the FBI and was entitled, Run the Business, We Made Money. Kellyanne Conway addressed the FBI's activities on Fox News. This is frightening to me as an American citizen to think that this is going on under the guise of some official operation. Conway is concerned about the First Amendment implications. They're sitting on the scales of free speech. They're sitting on the scales of justice. FBI officials remarked that the government is required to reimburse reasonable costs and expenses associated with their response to a legal process and that money for complying with legal requests is standard procedure. The FBI officials also said that Twitter isn't the only social media company that the federal agency provides compensation to, saying, quote, 
We don't just reimburse Twitter. The officials refuse to elaborate on what other companies the FBI reimburses. Rand Paul wrote on Twitter that the FBI paid Twitter to censor speech. This is strong evidence of the government employing a private entity to censor. Meanwhile, Kentucky Congressman James Comer says the FBI was never granted any authority to create a disinformation task force to police the social media sites. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. Moving on. New data out today shows prices are still rising, although the increase has slowed. And workers are raising their expectations for salaries. In fact, salary expectations have reached their highest level in nearly a decade. That's according to the New York Federal Reserve's new labor market survey. It found the lowest salary potential applicants are willing to accept for a new job is nearly $74,000. That's the largest amount the survey has seen since it began in 2014. The increase was most pronounced among workers under 45 years old. But there is a positive for employers as well. Surveyors found fewer workers were looking for a new job in November, and more workers were satisfied with their wages, benefits, and promotion opportunities. And companies are apparently not feeling the holiday spirit and are giving less when it comes to holiday bonuses. The outplacement firm Challenger Gray and Christmas released data from the survey of 252 employers Thursday. It found more than 81% of them planned to freeze the value of holiday bonuses to the same level as last year. Nearly 27% said they would not give a bonus at all. That's up 4% from last year. Experts say companies have become more concerned about a possible economic recession or a slowdown. However, the labor market is still incredibly strong with more jobs available than workers to fill them. Secretary of State Antony Blinken has urged the Chinese Communist regime to share information on the COVID surge in the country. A massive wave of infections is sweeping through China, overwhelming the country's health system. Blinken says China's situation matters to the world. For example, there's the possibility of a new variant developing and hitting other countries. Here he is at a press briefing yesterday. It's also very important for all countries, including China, to uh, focus on people getting vaccinated, um, making testing and and treatment available, um, and, importantly, sharing information with the world about what they're experiencing. China officially has only reported eight deaths as of this month yesterday. Health officials even reduced the death toll by one on Wednesday. The reason being they only count deaths directly caused by COVID. China's official numbers are drawing a high degree of skepticism from outside observers. They also stand in stark contrast to the scenes shared on the Internet, showing crowded hospital wards and overwhelmed crematoriums in major cities across the country. One video shows dozens of body bags built up on a funeral parlor waiting to be loaded. Over the course of the pandemic, the Chinese Communist Party has consistently understated infection and death counts to maintain its image. And we'll take a break now, but if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at ntd.com. Still to come, Greyhound offering free rides to young people in need so they can reunite with their families for the holidays. And what are the best movies to watch this Christmas? Residents of different states talked about their own choices. That and more coming up on NTD Business.
welcome back. Greyhound Bus Line is once again offering free rides to help people in need this holiday season. It's part of the transportation company's home free program. For 35 years, Greyhound has helped runaways, the homeless, and others to reunite with their families through a free bus ticket. Greyhound started the free program in 1987 to show its commitment to communities. The partnership has helped over 18,000 families. And Christmas time has finally arrived. It's a time to take a break from all the hustle and bustle, to be together with loved ones and rejoice in family and friendship. There's nothing like a nice mug of hot cocoa and the sound of popcorn crackling into life on the stove alongside a favorite holiday film. Let's take a look at which movies people in each state most like to watch on Christmas. NTD's Daniel Monahan has the story. At the heart of many a Christmas tale is the question, what is the true meaning of Christmas? Judging by the data, if Christmas were about movies, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation would be its holy grail. The film is a state favorite in a whopping 80% of the country. This holiday season, la, 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 the Griswolds are... Wishlisted ran the top 25 films from IMDb's top 100 Christmas movies of all time through every state on Google Trends. Here are the results. From the top 25 movies, only eight made it to the state favorite status. Those are Die Hard, Edward Scissorhands, Steven Spielberg's hit 1984 film Gremlins, It's a Wonderful Life, Love Actually with Emma Thompson and Colin Firth, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, The Nightmare Before Christmas, and the Christmas classic The Shop Around the Corner with James Stewart from 1940. Wishlisted ranks Christmas Vacation as the most popular Christmas movie in the U.S., with 40 states Googling the film the most. The film was released in 1989. It debuted at number two, taking the top spot in the box office charts in its third week of release. Viewers just couldn't take their eyes off the slow rolling train wreck of Chevy Chase as Clark Griswold. It's a Wonderful Life is the country's second favorite holiday movie. Wonderful people get into the swim. It's a Wonderful Life. The 1946 American Christmas fantasy drama film was based on the short story and booklet, The Greatest Gift. That booklet was actually itself roughly derived from the 1843 Charles Dickens novella, A Christmas Carol. The film stars James Stewart as George Bailey, a man who has set aside his personal dreams in order to help those around him. George's thoughts of suicide on Christmas Eve result in a visit from his guardian angel. Alaska, Hawaii, Idaho, and Wyoming chose this classic as their number one. It also made it to the top five for 38 other states. Although only reaching number one in Arkansas, Die Hard made it to the top five for 38 states. That makes it America's third favorite holiday movie. A New York cop, John McLean, has come to see his wife. Die Hard is a 1988 American action film. It is based on the 1979 novel Nothing Lasts Forever by Roderick Thorpe. The movie follows New York City police detective John McLean. It's Christmas Eve and he's trying to get home to his family. He ends up getting tangled up in a terrorist attack on a Los Angeles skyscraper. The fourth favorite Christmas movie in the U.S. is The Nightmare Before Christmas by Tim Burton. Extraordinary world filled with magic and wonder. The 1993 movie tells the story of Jack Skellington. Jack is the king of Halloween Town who happens upon Christmas Town and soon endeavors to take over the holiday. Meanwhile, rounding out fifth place is Home Alone, which tells the tale of Kevin McAllister. Did we miss the flight? No, you just made it. Yeah! 
they forgot one small thing. His family accidentally leaves him behind on their Christmas vacation to Paris. He ends up being forced to defend his suburban Chicago home from robbers. And that's all the stories today from the NTD business team and myself, Don Ma. You can follow me on Twitter if you're there. And if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at ntd.com. Thank you for watching. We wish you a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays.